Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program provided by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee emphasized the experience of Christ as life and the practical oneness of the believers. He was unbending in his conviction that God's goal is not narrow sectarianism, but the body of Christ. Through his messages in these life studies, he stressed the importance for us to grow in life and to function as Christians so that the body can build itself up. We're happy to bring you recorded portions from his ministry today, along with some of our own thoughts. And we welcome your comments and questions. You can reach us toll-free at 888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. Now let's join today's program. The prophet Jeremiah was one with the Lord in many regards, so much so that during the troubling and tumultuous time in which Jeremiah lived, God used him as his own mouth, bringing Jehovah's direct speaking to the apostate and rebellious people of Israel. Yet despite being the Lord's called and anointed prophet, Jeremiah also suffered greatly, sharing in Israel's judgment. It's understandable then at times he was given to complaining, and bitterness. Yet the Lord was continually with him, comforting him, and encouraging him not to speak, quote, worthless things, as the people did, but to speak words that matched the preciousness of Jehovah and all that he had revealed to Jeremiah. Ron Kangas has joined us as we continue in our life study of Jeremiah. Good to have you back, Ron. Good to be back, and I appreciate this introduction to today's program. You have Jeremiah known by God when he was in his mother's womb, appointed to be a prophet, used by God as his mouthpiece. Yet we see, not only throughout the book of Jeremiah, but particularly in the portion under consideration today, there's a human side Mm -hmm. with him as there is with every servant of God, that he suffered greatly, Not merely despite being called and anointed, Mm. but we may also say because, in virtue of the fact Mm -hmm. that he was called by God and anointed, and he was a part of Israel, so he was not exempt from suffering the judgment that was upon Israel, as we can see in Lamentations, how he poured out his soul in grief. Yet... He was encouraged to speak the precious things, the things that matched Jehovah and the things that the Lord had revealed to him. So there are some uh, very precious matters here, perhaps not high peaks of the divine revelation, but yet very precious matters in the life of someone commissioned by God to speak for him. And I think, Chris, that in particular, this program is appropriate for anyone who feels called by God to speak his word, for anyone who feels commissioned by God to represent him, to minister on his behalf. We should look at the life and situation of Jeremiah, and I believe that we should not expect otherwise. 
if we do have an, a contrary expectation, our view of our ministry and our expectation regarding the response of the majority of the people to our ministry may be, in fact, would be out of keeping with what is in the Word of God. We need Jeremiah, and we need this life study on Jeremiah for our perfecting and for our maturation in Christ, especially in relation to the God-given ministry. Mm. Well, this is a good background, I think, to uh, get into this message. We're in chapter 15, all three sections today. And I think uh, now, having had this little discussion, it becomes easy to understand why Jeremiah is uh, expressing what we're going to hear just now. You said he didn't have a wife to talk to and complain to, but he still had his mother. And uh, you said Jehovah knew him in his mother's womb. Well, Jeremiah maintained that relationship, and we see him conversing with his mother here in an interesting uh, insight that tells us something about Jeremiah, but much more about Jehovah and the oneness with which he and Jeremiah were uh, traveling and conversing together. Okay, let's look at these verses in chapter 15, verses 10 and 11. Woe is me, my mother, because you bore me, Jeremiah says, a man of strife and a man of contention to the whole land. I have not lent with interest nor have they lent to me, yet everyone curses me. Jehovah said, Surely I will set you free for your good. Indeed, I will cause the enemy to make supplication to you in a time of trouble and in a time of distress. So an interesting three-way conversation before us, and let's hear Witness Lee, and uh, then we'll have a chance to talk some more, Ron. We've come to another section of this book. That is, Jehovah's further commission to... Jeremiah. Here I like to tell you, in this book, God is revealed nearly altogether as a man. He deals with his people as a man. He said, I'm your husband, and you are my wife. Of course, such a talk does indicate that the talker is the divine being the very mighty God. Rather, it indicates this talker is quite human and very, very personal. For instance, chapter 15, verse 11, Jeremiah was saying something to his mother. Right away, God answered. The mother didn't say anything, yet God came in to say something. Surely I will set you free for your good. Think about it. Quite a picture. And this picture shows that probably all the time God was with Jeremiah. Where Jeremiah went, God was there. Whatever Jeremiah would say, God would uh, participate in that. Right? You don't think such a a record is a big point, but to me, this is a very, very big point. Then verse 14, I will cause your enemies to bring into a land which you do not know. This is the word God spoke to Jeremiah. God's speaking here shows that he was somewhat like a human being, talk with other human beings. He was addressing 
he taught Jeremiah, but he included the children of Israel together with Jeremiah. This shows God in dealing with his people. He was not concerned that he was God. He was this one human being with them all. Ron, this is uh, certainly looking underneath the surface of the words here, because uh, Witness Lee makes this point that we may not think this is a big point, but to him this was a critical point, a key point. Uh, let's talk about that. Why does this little glimpse into this uh, interaction between Jeremiah, his mother, and Jehovah present such a key element in God's move? Uh, let me approach the matter this way. Uh, as you were just expressing the question, I was reminded of Paul's word in Romans 8, where he says, we do not know how to pray as is mm-hmm. fitting, but the Spirit joins in our weakness. He helps us in our weakness. The reason I think there's somewhat of a parallel here is that Jeremiah is speaking, to say the least, out of his human weakness. And he is talking to the one person who can deeply feel with him, Mm -hmm. sympathize, empathize with him, his mother. Right. And Jeremiah is not being, quote, spiritual here. He's very human. Woe is me, my mother, because you have borne me, a man of strife and a man of contention to the whole land. Everyone curses me. This is really a lamentation at his life. Since there was such a need in Jeremiah, how should God talk to him? What would be the fitting way for God to approach him? We're not diminishing from God's majesty, but there's a time, as in Genesis 18, where God comes to fellowship with his chosen ones on a very human level. So Jeremiah was in his human discouragement, talking to his mother in a human way. And the very God, the I am, the eternal, ever-existing, self-existing, majestic, glorious God comes in to speak in a human way. And this is very endearing to touch this element in the book of Jeremiah And this is not the first time, and this is not the only time. As Brother Lee points out in the life study, that when God was addressing his people as a wayward wife, he's speaking as a husband Mm -hmm. who is deeply injured by the unfaithfulness of his wife. Of course, this is God speaking, but it's God speaking almost as if he were a man. It is God conversing with human beings, almost on a human level. Yeah. I appreciate that Jeremiah could speak to God forthrightly and that God could speak to Jeremiah also forthrightly, yet in their mutually forthright speaking, there's a very human relationship here. There's no trace of anything religious, anything formal, even anything that would be spiritual in quotes 
this is a very human exchange mm-hmm. with God. So something is revealed here quite marvelous concerning God, that he's with us all the time, even when we're pouring out our complaint to a person that we feel open to. And then he addresses us as if he were not God, by which I mean as if he were a human, because that's what we need in times of trouble and in times of distress. Well, this discourse continues, Ron, in this chapter. We're going to jump ahead a bit, and in the discourse, there's some back and forth between uh, Jehovah and Jeremiah, and some of Jeremiah's utterances are quite wonderful, which we'll see in our final segment today, but some of his uh, utterances were just the pouring out of his frustration and sorrow and bitterness and suffering, and that's the context now in which we pick up verse 19. Therefore, thus says Jehovah, if you return, I will restore you. You will stand before me. And if you bring out the precious from the worthless, you will be as my mouth. They will turn to you, but you will not turn to them. All right, let's go back to Witness Lee. Therefore, thus says Jehovah, if you return, I will restore you. You will stand before me. Jeremiah, if you bring out the precious things from the worthless, you will be as my mouth. Don't talk all these worthless things in your mouth. Let's talk precious things. This indicates somewhat God told Jeremiah, don't talk that way. What just has come out of your mouth is worthless, not so precious. If so, you cannot be my mouth. You cannot be my prophet, speaking for me, and speaking me forth. You have to what? To pick up the precious things from the worthless. If you would be my mouthpiece, speaking the precious things, Israel, my people, will turn to you. And I will make you, to these people, a uh, fortified wall of bronze. They may turn their back to you, they may fight against you, but I will fortify you, for I am with you, to save you and deliver you, to be a mouthpiece of God, to speak for God, to speak for God. We have to be quite much restricted. Others may have the freedom, but we don't have. You all know, through all the generations, all the ones who speak for God, they did a job of suffering. All the way. I was there with Mother Nee for that many years. I would say nearly, I didn't see one day he enjoyed the peace. All the time. All the time, all the time. Oppositions, misunderstandings, criticisms, all these from the outsiders and from the friends, from the relatives and close relatives, this and that. All the time trouble. If you like to get away from trouble, it is better for you not to speak for God. If you don't speak for God, you will have no problem. All of your problem comes from your speaking for God. And uh, your speaking for God could not be up to your feeling. 
right? Your speaking for God should be always up to God's revelation. Ron, early in the program, we touched this matter of the suffering that Jeremiah experienced for being faithful and speaking God's word. If it's all right, I'd like to focus our time on this last matter. And your speaking for God should not be up to your feeling. Your speaking should be up to God's revelation. This certainly makes sense. If one is God's mouthpiece, then how can that one speak according to his feeling? according to his mood. To speak out your feeling in that way, that is not allowed in God's prophet. Consider what happened to Moses when he spoke just barely a sentence or two on the occasion of smiting the rock a second time. Right. And God said, you did not sanctify me in front of the people. You misrepresented me. Moses was provoked, and it's understandable he was provoked, and he reacted and spoke from himself without restraint, and God came in, and because of that, Moses was not permitted to enter into the good land. So here we have Jeremiah pouring out his feeling to the Lord directly to him or indirectly by speaking to his mother, And the Lord wants Jeremiah to be his mouthpiece. But if Jeremiah or anyone is to be God's mouthpiece, we cannot bring out worthless things. We have to bring forth the precious things, which are God's revelation. And we speak according to God's revelation. We are not allowed to speak according to our feeling as mere human beings. That is common and actually worthless human talk. The world is filled with this kind of talk. Everyone speaking according to her or his feeling. Right. That is common, unholy, unsanctified, unrestricted, unlimited speech. Actually, God does not give his prophets freedom of speech in the sense of a freedom to speak whatever they feel. They have the freedom to speak God's revelation. This is the restriction. And anyone in principle who would speak God's word today must first learn to be restricted by God to God and to God's revelation. Only the speaking of that kind of person will be regarded by God as the speaking from his mouth. Mm. Well, among the things that Jeremiah spoke that I think we would certainly look back upon and say, now that was precious, is verse 16 in this chapter, and it's the subject of our final portion. Jeremiah, in the midst of this discourse, says this, Your words were found, and I ate them. And your word became to me the gladness and joy of my heart. For I am called by your name, O Jehovah, God of hosts. Let's go back to Winnes Lee. The following verse, I think all the Bible readers like this verse. Your words were found and I ate them. The word of God were found and uh, Jeremiah ate them. I like this verse. 
according to the entire revelation of the Holy Bible. Yes, God's words are good for us to eat. Amen. And we have to eat. Right? We have to eat. Okay. And your word became to me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. Your word became to me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. That means your word is my heart's joy and rejoicing. For I am called by your name. Your name is called over me. Your name is called over me. That means I am belonging to you and I am under your name. O oh, Jehovah, God of hosts. Well, Ron, there's a, certainly a wonderful, marvelous sentiment that's expressed here, but there's much more than that in this very precious verse from Jeremiah 15, isn't there? Yes, as there always is with God's Word. To me, what is most precious is the eating of the words and the result of eating God's words. I am not in any way uh, minimizing the importance of proper, thorough Bible study. But here, we do not have the study, but the eating. We need to have the view that the Word of God is food. And just as parents admonish children when they play with their food instead of eating it, we should be admonished by our Heavenly Father to not merely play by our kind of study with God's Word, but take it as food to eat it. We need to ask ourselves in a practical way, what does it mean to eat God's words? How can we actually eat God's words? Not wanting to leave our listeners in suspense or in uncertainty, I would point out, as others have, that we eat God's words by praying them, mm -hmm. by praying them back to God, exercising our spirit to touch the spirit in the word. We eat them. Then we have a marvelous result. The word becomes something to us. What does it become? The gladness and joy of my heart. As believers in Christ and as pursuers of Christ, what should be the gladness and joy of our heart? Something in the material realm? Certainly not. We would like to testify the gladness and joy of our heart is the eaten, digested, and assimilated Word of God. We find it, we eat it, we enjoy it, and it becomes to us, the gladness and joy of my heart. Then one other matter. Out of this eating the word and its becoming the gladness and joy of our heart is an increased oneness with the Lord. We are called by his name, or his name is called upon us, meaning we belong to him that we are under his name, and I would add that we are one with him. So we find his word, 
we eat his word, his word becomes the gladness and joy of our heart. The issue is we are one with him, we belong to him, his name is upon us, we are under his name, we're strengthened to bring the precious things out of the worthless and to speak them on behalf of God to God's people, regardless of the outcome. Wonderful. Well, we've used this analogy before, but it never maybe more appropriately. There's a time to study the menu, but there's another time to pick up the knife and fork and really dive in. We should all follow the pattern of our brother Jeremiah. Amen. If you'd like to contact us, our toll-free number, 1-888-LIFE-STUDY, 888-543-3788. For Ron Kangas, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you for listening today. You've been listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, produced by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee ministered the Word of God for over seven decades. Many consider these life studies as his seminal work, an exhaustive commentary on the entire Bible from the perspective of the believer's enjoyment and experience of God's divine life in Christ through the Spirit. If you'd like to find out more about Witness Lee, these life study messages or any of the materials provided by Living Stream Ministry, please visit our website, lsm.org. That's lsm.org. You can also email us, radio at lsm.org, or call us toll-free, 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. Thanks for listening today.